Hey parents, we're back with Courtney and Markeisha and we have a guest today. We have Melinda with Hey Mommy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> we were already chatting, so we've been cheating on you guys. Um, but we did hit record finally. And um, so Courtney, you want to say hey, hey, real fast, everyone? Yeah, hey, I'm so excited um, about this topic. I was actually already bragging about it on Instagram, just the fact we were recording it because I'm so excited. For you were telling the people already? Just like that we were recording that there's something awesome was coming up and that should make sure they're following the podcast so they get the alerts. That was it. That was it. All right. Tell me all the secrets already. Okay. <laughs> I'm terrible at keeping secrets. My you family knows that. Like, I want to just give it to them right yeah. then. Yeah. I hear that. Well, it is sure to be a good conversation. So tell us a little bit about your kiddos. First of all, that's what we love to hear about. And then you can yeah. tell us about yourself too. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, so my name is Melinda. I've got two kiddos. Um, Clark, who is seven, he's a second grader who just started school. So it's all, you know, big into what grade yeah. you're in and where yeah. your teacher name and all that. Um, and then my daughter is four. She's in pre-K this year. Um, both of them have a culmination of disabilities. Um, uh, autistic, anxiety, mood disorder, um, mobility. So it's a fun, you know, fun place to be at our house. We just, you know, navigate different things yeah. day by day. Um, and then I'm a woman who also has my own neurodiversities and neuromuscular condition as well. Um, as then professionally speaking, I run Hey Mommy. Um, it's a lifestyle platform for moms raising kiddos with disabilities. We are super big into empowering representation and motherhood and childhood platforms and just how important it is to see yourself represented and utilizing brand platforms to showcase more to disability than just the medical mindset that tends to come when people hear a diagnosis. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love, love that. You started that last year. I think yeah. that's how, I mean, I think, I know that's how we. Yeah, um, exactly. A year ago, Labor Day. On yes. Instagram, because I was like, this is, this is wonderful. This is, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you were, I clearly remember you were one of the first people who started following the platform when it launched, which was last Labor Day. I couldn't help but, you know, the irony and a mom platform launching on Labor Day with everything. <laughs> right. um, but it was, it was special because, you know, at least in my motherhood journey, I was really struggling for many, many years, trying to find guidance and tips and advice. And, um, you know, it would have been great if I had known about podcasts and stuff from back there, but I was looking to parenting platforms, um, you know, such as Parenthood Magazine, The Every Mom, those types of places um, for support. And I could not find any guidance on our situation. And it left me feeling even more isolated and alone. Um, so as I started to do all my research and find the statistics behind representation and where the conversations are going, I was like, this is not being talked about. And oh my goodness, when you know 17% of kids have a disability, like we need to be talking about this and supporting moms um, in any way. So that's where Hey Mommy came about. And what I love, what I love is that there are a lot of support groups and I hope I, I don't offend anyone, but 
there's a lot of support groups and it's like really, really sad. <laughs> and it's like a lot of mm -hmm. the pictures are like sad. Yeah. And, and it's not, there is, yeah. uh, it's not always sad. Like when I am with my son, it's funny stuff that happens. <laughs> a lot of it is not just like, we're just not a sad family because mm -hmm. of his diagnosis. It's yeah. a lot of hard work and it's, and it's different than um, raising our other kids, but he does some stuff that is hilarious. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of joy in mm -hmm. his neurodiversity. Um, and I like that you're bringing that too. There's a lot of cute stuff that he does. Like today he was getting dressed and I was doing his hair and he was like, ooh, I he has teenage he has teenage brothers, so he's uh -huh. his bingo that he repeats. He's like, ooh, I look. Oh, I got that drip. That's what he said. Okay. I look like Aiden. That's a 16-year-old brother. So I just, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not just sad kids that are, you know, using yeah. their devices and even if they're not speaking, it's not always sad. And that's a lot of the representation. Mm -hmm that mm -hmm. was like in the past. And so a lot of your things that you're bringing up is like, they have the cute clothes and they're, you know. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Well, it's, you know, I know we experience a lot of challenges and struggles in life. And at the same time, that's not the only capacity to our experiences. But I think right. when the conversation and the representation is so heavily weighed that way, it makes us feel even more of this is the capacity of what, because that's what you see. It's sort of like what you see is what's possible in a sense. And right. so I think when we start sort of flipping the script when it comes to, okay, what are we talking about um, within our families and what are we showcasing? It gives people a lot of new perspectives of what is possible for their own lives. And, you know, we just get creative over here because that's, you know, right. that's just how you get things done. So. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, I remember when we, so my daughter, Hannah, she's 18. I'm still getting used to saying that she's 18. She's a wheelchair user and she's non-speaking. But when we started traveling and sharing our travels, um, many of my friends and in my circles were kind of almost like shocked that we travel with her or we take her some of the places where they didn't really think she could go, you know, and, or the, how nerve wracking it is sometimes to travel when you have different medical things. And, but part of the reason why I wanted to do that is, A, we love to travel. Travel mm -hmm. brings us a lot of joy. It is a lot of work. But so is going on any vacation when you're taking your kids. So I call mm -hmm. that a family vacation. And then when it's just Craig or I or myself, like that's a vacation because, yes. you know, it's work no matter what when you're taking right. the kids. But part of the reason why I started sharing that is I wanted people to see you know, you can be a wheelchair user and take mm -hmm. awesome trips and your child can be non-speaking and they can enjoy these things. And I didn't see enough of that um, right. myself, but I think that would change diagnosis day so much when I think mm -hmm. back to when I got Hannah's diagnosis. And like you said, feeling very alone, isolated. This is, you know, early 2000s. It's just the internet is so different now. The right. capability of um, having all these different networks and information but how different it felt when my son got his diagnosis was so drastically different because I felt like, okay, 
it's putting a label on what I kind of already knew, but I had such a different picture of what his life could be because of seeing all these other kids growing up and having jobs and mm -hmm. living really full lives. Um, it changed my perspective of what his life could look like versus when I got the diagnosis for my daughter, it was very doom and gloom negative. And it makes me sad when I think back because I, I was so anxious about her being born with a disability. And I was so worried that it took away from the joy of I'm bringing my daughter into the world. And um, I just wish I could go back and be like, it's, it's still joyful. Like I'm having a beautiful daughter and she's a beautiful person. It's just different than what I thought motherhood would look like. I didn't, I didn't see that. You know, I was telling Markeisha last time we recorded, they missed that chapter in what to expect. <laughs> they missed my chapter. I'm not just in a letter to the author. Yeah. yeah. So I like putting that out there. And like you're saying, changing that perspective is also giving families hope and seeing themselves um, represented in all these different places and on these platforms is going to change their mindset for, for what their kid can can do and what, what kind of life they can have, which is amazing. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And as I the like parents that. too, we're like quarterbacking that, um, you know, as the leader of our kids and our pack and everything. Um, and so I think, you know, when you empower moms in that way or parents um, to say, hey, like, yeah, I can go on this awesome vacation. Here's how to make it accessible or here's how you do this. Um, like that, that's life changing because now you go from feeling sort of that confinement. I don't know. I always feel like I'm at a house. Even before the pandemic, I was like, we are just always in the house and it feels so restrictive, you know, and then you see someone with your disability or your child's disability, um, you know, doing something at the beach or mountains or whatever it may be. Right. I think it just opens up. Just yes all of life again, right? Yeah. When you've been told that there's these restrictions or limitations that you should expect. Right. It, yeah. Yes. And it's changing that too, because more people, I say pressure, but it's in a good way. Like, I feel like we should be further along than we are coming into, you know, 2023 yeah. here. I feel like beaches should have a rollout mat so that Hannah can go down to the ocean. But what I see happening is as more and more people do it, they are feeling the pressure that why our beach doesn't have that. Our beach needs to have that. Let's get that. Um, so I am excited about that happening more and people feeling that um, I don't care if it's pressure, like, yes, get it accessible. Like uh -huh. my daughter wants to go to the beach, just like you wanted to go to the beach. You cannot roll a typical wheelchair and, or honestly walk very well down there with a cane or any other assistive device on the sand. So having a beach accessible mat is like a minimum that you can do to say, everybody's welcome here. Um, so I think I saw something on your page that was like trending versus your values. Did I get yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, so like trends versus standards is how I've sort of been thinking okay. about it. Um, and when something's the standard, that's the minimum expectation. That is, this is so embedded to who we are as a family, a person, a business that absolutely we're pre-thinking about these things. We're not sort of picking up on that trend afterwards. Um, and I think a lot of times, 
and say, I think I know a lot of times, you know, brands, businesses, what have you aren't considering those things. But like you said, when you start to see it from other places um, and they have that, you know, positive response, um, it almost is like that good peer pressure that is like, oh, we, you know, why haven't we been thinking about this? Um, but rather than follow, you know, a trend of, you know, trends wax and wane versus a standard is concrete. It's we're, we're solidifying this, um, you know, inclusion as our brand value in everything that we do. Um, and you just think about how you're doing things differently. I think when you come from that mindset. I love that. That was like, I couldn't cheer loud enough. <laughs> I was like, yes, because you don't want it to be a trend, you know, yeah. feel good moment. Yeah. It should right. be um, an extended feel good moment. What would feel really good is, you know, people understanding simple things like, you know, putting carts back that aren't blocking access ways. Mm -hmm. It's setting that, that standard, like you said, in that mindset that, how can we make a standard of inclusion and making sure everybody knows they're welcome here? Um, and a perfect story of that, I'll have to find it for the show notes, Markeisha, but a brewery made a fully accessible bathroom, no law, no mandate made them do it. They were remodeling and they said, you know, we've been hearing about universal changing tables. We're going to make this bathroom accessible. And everybody kept asking them why, like, why were you doing it? And they said, because we saw that this was a need and we wanted to make sure everybody knew they're welcome here at our restaurant, at our, our place. And then they shared their plans and they shared how it was not that much more than to just remodel it yet. And then they brought in a wheelchair and they test drove it and they said, these ADA requirements are pretty, you know, pathetic. Like you can yeah. barely get in here. So they made it better than that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say the ADA is like the minimum. It doesn't mean you can't make it actually better and where you can move around. And they did a pocket door and they thought about all these things and really like yeah. it out of the park. And I thought, that's what we need. That's what we need more of is that was their brand value of mm -hmm. everybody's going to be welcome here at our mm -hmm. restaurant. And we want them to know that. And they they did that by making an accessible um, restroom, which was really awesome. But I was just kind of shocked. I don't know why I still get shocked, but like why people are like, why did you do that? Like, because there's, there's a need that's been overlooked and we didn't want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of setting this new uh, standard of inclusion, which I just loved. I just yeah, loved that's phenomenal. Um, and I, I'm excited for the day where those things are no longer a surprise or like, you know, the oddity, right? right. Um, truly are, are the standard with everything. That's what we're trying to push for. Um, but I also think, you know, having that brand value and being so intentional about the whole experience um, for anyone who's coming is the way to look at it. And also the space where people will stop being inclusive in a sense where they're like, oh, we value inclusion. And so we're going to tell you about that, but they don't show it through all the avenues of their business. Their website's not accessible. You know, maybe it's their parking spots, what have you. And, you know, if it's a physical structure versus an online company, um, but you don't need to just say it right. You have to actually live that out through your brand experience, no matter where you're, you know, you're hosting that at. Yeah, that's right. That, oh, sorry. <laughs> 
No, I'm go ahead. That I love this work. However, before I was a special education teacher, I loved I loved kids. I had no clue, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. I am going to believe that there's people out there that would love this work also that mm -hmm. just think like, I was like, oh, ADA. Like I, I didn't park in a, in a handicapped parking space because I knew, you know, that someone needed that parking space. So there's something that I wouldn't have done. But I didn't think about the things that I think about now because mm -hmm. I started to think about it once I was in the classroom with my my kids, my mm -hmm. my I call I call my students my kids. Mm -hmm. Then I started going to the playgrounds, and I was like, Johnny can't go. To, he can't wood chips. Ridiculous. He can't use his. He can't go to you know. But prior to that, when I have my own kids, and prior to Josiah, so just you know. I have the three giants. They're only two and a half years apart. Then I have Josiah, you know, there's they're, now they're 19, 16, 13, and seven. So I had I had the bunch. So they would go to the playground with chips, no problem, right? Mm -hmm. Got into special education. Eyes were opened. And I know that there are a lot of families and adults and kids and just people that are out there that are like, what's the problem with wood chips? I don't mm -hmm. understand. Yeah. Until I got into special education and then I was, and I had a Johnny in my classroom that had a wheelchair. And then my eyes were open when I would take my own kids to, that did not have a disability to the playground. And I, then I would start thinking about Johnny. How could Johnny go on this playground? Yes, it is ADA accessible because there was a ramp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could get down to the, um, there was this pirate ship that all the kids loved. My kids loved this one. And he could get down there because there was a ramp. But then there was wood chips. And he could not assess the big pirate ship that all the kids. So I would, I would be living. I would be sitting everywhere I went after I started being a special education teacher. I would be like, and how could, and how mm -hmm. could he? Yeah. And how could my student, you know, access this? And I was just everything, everything. Yeah. But there, but I became a special education teacher. Everyone doesn't have that experience. Yeah. So how would you, Melinda, how would you, how do we, how does someone who doesn't have a child that has a disability, how does someone who doesn't have the experience of being around kids that have disabilities like that, that's what opened my eyes. I would say that if I, I I'm wishing that I had that experience early, sooner, you know, mm -hmm. that was already in 2000 and, um, when did I start 2009. Mm -hmm. I was a general education teacher since 2000. I could have been doing this work sooner, you know, but how would you, how do we get out of, you know, we're all be like, we're all shaking our heads. You guys can't see us because of the podcast, <laughs> but we're in this space, but how do we reach, we need to reach Yes, you do. I am so, I, oh, I totally am on your question. Yeah. I am okay. so glad you're asking it. Please do it. Um, Please do it. Yeah. So this is why setting the standard for inclusion across all industries is so paramount. Yeah. Because if you do not have the, you know, the lens of being disabled or having a child with a disability, then you don't, you know, you're not seeing that. However, when businesses start representing people with disabilities 
across all platforms, when that is the standard that we are all operating by, you will not be able to go to a space and not see somebody represented. And once you have that perspective, once you have that lens of somebody um, else, then it's like you said, I couldn't help but not see it every time I go to the park. When you have that lens of other people and their expression, I think it gives you that, you know, you can't fault someone for not knowing yet. But once you know, once you experience, once you see somebody else um, in their life, that's that sticks with you through everything else. And the trickle down effects from that, I think, is where we see global change when it comes to the social impact of disability representation. Right. It's that person who let's just take target because they're being active in this right now. Um, at least when it comes to their children's lines, you're not seeing disability representation across, you know, their women's and men's lines, um, which is a big thing that I think could improve. But, you know, they're going and they're seeing um, representation of a girl with cerebral palsy, you know, using her mobility aids. All of a sudden, that mom, those children are saying, oh, okay, you know, she needs this extra support to walk. And then the questions start coming, right? Because we all know kids are the best at asking questions. Right. Well, how does she, um, how does she get up and down the stairs? You know, how does, how would she play here at the playground? What clothes would she wear? You know, that allows her to have, you know, maybe right. not some best example because, but, yeah. um, you know, YouTube's everything else. Like if you, could you imagine seeing, um, you know, I've yet to see, and I would love to see, you know, kids, people with trachs, people with G-tubes, people with oxygen, like all, there's such a diversity within disability that yeah. also needs to be represented. And when we have that, it, it starts bringing up those questions that gets all of society more creative and how we're operating and performing in the world. And that's going to transform you know, everything I feel like, but it starts with people have to see the vis. You have to have that visibility for it to start being a thought in people's minds. I also think, sorry, I'm, I'm hogging up the conversation. What I found too, is when I was in the classroom is that families weren't going out also. So mm -hmm. what I always encourage, they're like, no, we're not going to, we don't go out to cheesecake factory because Emma has too many, too many meltdowns. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like, what, you don't go to Cheesecake Factory. So what? She has meltdowns. Like, you guys want to go out to eat, right? And, you know, this is prior to having Josiah. Like, this is just my first year teacher mind. Like, if you want to go to Cheesecake Factory, go to Cheesecake Factory, right? So what if someone looks at you? You know, I know we've all been to restaurants when there's, kids disability or not is having a having a meltdown you know mm -hmm. throwing the breadsticks throwing the stuff right um and they're like no because and the reason wasn't that emma was having a meltdown was that everybody else was looking at at them mm -hmm. right because mm -hmm. they don't know if you know if emma is autistic or if she's just having a bad day right but the feeling yeah. is that everyone's looking at me and i'm ruining everyone else's time Right. So it's like um, having families feel like I belong in Cheesecake Factory or at the park, even if my kid is throwing the, the wood chips or rubbing the tree. Joe, Joe loves yeah, the texture. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't care. I'll be like, 
you guys can't see me living the look, but I, there's a look that <laughs> my friend Jen says, I have this look that's like, I wish you would say something to me about my son. He, he loves the trees, but everyone's not there yet. But I want yeah. you to be, I'm looking at you. I'm pointing at you families that are listening to be, you deserve, you know, you pay your taxes mm -hmm. to go to the park, even if to go to Cheesecake Factory, even yeah. if it's like, we're just going to go in and we're going to go out. People need to see that there might be a meltdown mm -hmm. and then we can go back, you know, to your, to your comfort level. If that's what you want your family to, um, if that's part of your family culture, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Courtney. yeah. We travel, Courtney, fa Courtney's family travels. Um, we have other kids too. So that's um, another thing that we talk about is that we don't, um, um, we don't uh, cater. I'm, I'm just going to tell it how it is. This is this is our podcast. We don't <laughs> cater to his disability. We um, have a family culture and we do make accommodations for those things. So we're not like <laughs> torturing him with things that he just doesn't like. But we do have a, a family culture and we make accommodations for those things. But we do have a family culture of things. Um, and one of those things is travel. So we make accommodations to those things but we do still do things for our family culture because like mm -hmm. our kids are big in sports and we got to go to those sporting events we worked up to where mm -hmm. he can go to those things um and we make when we know that it's too much then we make you know my sister's available um these past couple of times have been too much for him he stays home with the siblings so we make um like i said accommodations but um we don't just cater to them. We're going to go out to dinner. Then we're going to go out to dinner. If there's going to be a meltdown, then we have a plan for that. Um, but we do go out. Yeah, so we're not going to hide that. Right. We're not yeah. going to hide ourselves. If that's something for your family, everybody doesn't like to go out to dinner, but say it's right. camping, or say it's the movies or say whatever it is for your family culture, especially when you have other, um, other kids, I feel, mm -hmm. especially when you have other kids, because you, you know, there's that's a whole nother thing that we can talk about. Um, um, it's like easing into it, though. But sometimes we feel like if we just stay in, then we won't, like you said, take away from people's time or cause a scene or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And and Hannah hated grocery stores. I don't know what it was. If she wanted all the food, she loves food. I don't know if she just saw the food and felt taunted, but she this. hated grocery stores. <laughs> And we had an awesome caregiver who took her to the grocery store every day that she worked with her. They went for one minute, 30 seconds. And one day she said, Courtney, we went down two aisles, no more screaming. And so it was uncomfortable. It wasn't like it was oh, perfect, but it was uncomfortable to go through that process. But it was necessary so that Hannah could enjoy, you know, going to the grocery store with us. It couldn't be avoided. Now, this is maybe now it can be avoided with all these order online, but right. you don't want to go through your life avoiding things because of your own disability or because of your child. You have to decide what you want and then find mm -hmm. a way to go about and get it. But seeing people need to see more of them in real life because life. I wonder why kids stare at her. I, I really do. And I, I've come to realize they, it's so new to them. Mm -hmm. 
They have not seen someone her age in a wheelchair navigating, um, making maybe different sounds that she makes because Hannah really is completely, you know, non-speaking. She has some sounds she makes that I know what they mean. Some tones I know means excited. This tone means she's mad. This one's like she's getting ready to do something, but nobody else knows what that. So it's it's different to them. So they turn and look because they they don't know what that sound is, you know, or what why she moves her arms spontaneously. And so I try to have sympathy for that, but I also realize it's because they it's they're not seeing students in school. They're not out a part of the school community. They're not out at the playground at the same time as them. And uh, I know we can take the conversation in lots of different ways, but it comes back to your core mission of what you're doing there is saying kids need to see other kids, other adults represented so that they're not staring. They're like, oh, she's in a wheelchair because her legs might not be able to balance and her muscles might not be able to hold her up. And, but it's a phenomenon because they're not, it's not ingrained in their community or out in the, in their world. So that's why they're sharing. Yeah. That's how I feel. I talk to um, a lot of moms about this and it's sort of that, like, you know, we're the billboard when we go into a restaurant, a shopping place, you become the billboard, right? Because there's not representation elsewhere. You're that. And that's a lot to take on with someone who doesn't you know, you're not asking for that role. You don't want that role, but you do want to be able to freely go where you want to and not be stared at um, or looked at um, constantly, right, for those things. So I I hope and I think that as representation increases, not only does that make it a more welcoming place for us to go visit because we know we're included here, we see ourselves and and such, but it also takes off some of that social pressure that we feel um, sort of in the here and now with everything too. Yeah, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but I think about all the people who didn't want to be the billboards Mm -hmm. in civil rights and disability rights and the rights that we have currently, which was way harder, you know, than than what we have now because we have way more technology. Look what look at what we're doing right now, like about to do a podcast and social media, and that they didn't want it and it was harder. And I know, you know, I'm just encouraging people to like if we if they if it's not um, if it's not us, then who kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not easy to to want that kind of attention but if it's not on in a daily kind of life who who's going to be on those target ads you know who's going to be um you know if they don't see that the cheesecake factory and at your local um we're already so segregated at, at the school at yeah. schools especially if it's if you don't if someone's kid or family doesn't stand up at each kind of school and say well you know what i'm going to lead this at my school and I'm going to, it's going to be my kid and yeah, we're going to go to the grocery store and we're going to do yeah. this in my area. Then um, how can we have those, that representation? Who's going to be on those ads? Who's going to be yeah. in the commercials? You know, yeah. I know it's, tough. I'm not saying it's easy guys out there, um, but well, it's going to be, who's going to be. Yeah. I think that's, been really encouraging to see in our mommy community as well. So on our platform um, earlier this year, I put out, you know, 
if you are interested in being the representation, literally being the change that people see by working with brands, um, let me know. And we had 50 families immediately sign up and say, you know what, this is a calling, you know, or a desire that I have, you know, that fits their personality that wants to be showcased in that way. Um, and so then my work has started to become um, through a program designed by inclusion to connect those families with brands who want to facilitate that inclusion and truly, you know, fit that standard um, for their industry, which is so awesome. And I think, you know, to your question, you know, there are families who are ready to rally in that way. And then there's other families who just want to send the email to the school, which mm -hmm. is just as awesome, right? And yes, equally as important. So I think yes. it's really a culmination of, hey, to the families who are like, I want to show up for the photo shoot so people yep. can see and your kid can feel included. And to the other families who are like, hey, Melinda, give me the template and I'll send it to my teacher right now. So we have a whole... Uh, aisle of, you know, inclusive children's books at our school. You know, all of those forms of advocacy are really gonna. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up too. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's different ways. So how, how can the listeners get on, get on board? How can they help support this, this mission? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So we have everything linked up at our heymommy.com website. Um, so if you go there, you'll see a space to one, be nurtured and loved on with content that supports your everyday life, um, as well as, you know, find the opportunities to join the mommy network and, you know, rally with brands who are looking to further their inclusion too. And where can they follow you at? Yeah, so we're online at Hey Mommy. Um, mommy is spelled with an E, so it's M-O-M-M-E, which is a little fun twist. Um, or personally, I'm at Melinda K. Martin on Instagram as well. Now, will you come back and just talk to us about your kiddos and your own personal journey? Can there be a part two? Absolutely. <laughs> we can certainly dive into that. That'd be fun. All for okay. it. That sounds good. We're gonna. Uh, we promise to keep these as little sweet treats. We're, we're, because um, we know you guys are busy, busy moms like, like us. Um, so we're gonna, um, we're gonna wrap it up. And uh, Courtney, you have anything to, to say to, to wrap this up before we, we'll come back for part two, though. Yeah, we're gonna come back for part two. But did you also make a Mother's Day video? We did. Yeah. yeah. So I would say fun. go check it out. Um, it's still up on your platform. Yeah. Right? We go yeah. back. I loved seeing that. I loved seeing moms. Um, so basically it was like moms rocking it, doing what our everyday life might look like. Yeah. And it was even a chance for me to see, um, you know, other moms rocking, getting the AFOs on, getting this in, um, doing that. So I loved seeing all the different moms in action. So I really, that was like my Mother's Day treat that I loved seeing myself and other moms. So I really hope they go and follow you and check it out. Because, yeah, it's back, um, yeah, I will leave uh, that to the show notes because that one was, it was, it was, it was showing all different kinds of mommies. Yeah. Yes. I'll link yeah. that one in the show notes for you guys. And I'll, we'll also link the brewery because they had their um, the plans for the accessible bathroom. And you guys can go check out some of their other content they have. Um, so it's not local. I haven't got to go to the brewery. It's not in my state. But I still think you can check out and follow their um, 
their page and support them that way too. So we'll do that too. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank, Thank you, you for, for coming. Coming. Yes. Absolutely. And we'll um, get a date together for part two. Everybody have a good rest of your day or evening whenever you're taking a listen. And yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.